Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. You just said at the same time. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a, a sigh we felt mutually within our souls. <laughs> we were, we were uh, awakened sigh. at the same point. about a lot of things i do have opinions about how the x-men are integrated into the marvel cinematic universe how do you think they're gonna do it i mean just have them gonna... be oh, there I... just so have here... them be there i have an i have a theory on this i talked about that i we we'll, we'll talk about the well, community eventually i mean fair warning most of this is being cut out because we had 10 minutes of marvel conversation in the last episode as well it cannot be every <laughs> no, single it's fine. fucking it's fine. episode it's fine <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll make this quick. I'll make this quick, I promise. Yeah. I talked about this last night, though, with a couple of friends. And our theory uh, is that, or my theory specifically, I won't attribute this to them. They may not want to own that. Is that Baron Zemo, we uh, know, is the villain of Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And yeah, Zemo is not strong cool. enough to do things himself. He is very smart and recruits or turns heroes against each other. And my theory, we already confirmed in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, we're getting Secret Agent, too, who's basically undercover shitty captain america a u.s agent u.s agent sorry not secret yeah. agent u.s agent US, uh, i'm sorry just so everyone let you period s period a gent <laughs> it's uh fucking silly <laughs> so my theory is my theory is twofold my theory is twofold either zemo being a fucking maniacal genius manufactures some kind of wide release plague that does essentially what Mute, uh, Magneto wanted to do and makes a bunch of mutants. Or they explain the mutants into the universe as when Thanos snapped and he deleted half the people, when Hulk snapped again and brought people back, Hulk didn't do it perfectly and brought back a bunch of mutants. You know what my theory is? Similar to that, and here's one that I've thought about too. They talk about... I'm so talk, offended right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. When, Dan, when Thanos snapped me. and deleted and, and like obliterated the Infinity Stones, right? That, of course, they, we've already established when there's no Infinity Stones in the universe, it disrupts the timeline. A bunch of crazy shit happens. Additionally, there was a massive wave of energy that happened from it that they were able to detect upon. My theory is that that wave of energy is what caused a, a mutation. Well, that wave of energy was on was on Europa. Kev's so offended. He's he's like I've never seen someone you, like I've never seen someone's like face freeze yes. in eye lock animation, <laughs> an eye roll animation. It looks like my screen is frozen, but actually I'm just 
Like staring, staring, dead into the staring daggers through the wall. Uh, I mean, the other time. theory that I like is that my like, back was stinging, Kev. So I, I was feeling those daggers. <laughs> Educate us, please. Now, 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 now. I um, twofold uh, uh, response to all this, and I, I will, I will keep it as succinct and brief as I possibly can. The fans always love to contrive these incredibly complex ways that things are going to happen that are always determined by some obscure piece of lore when the answer is almost always, oh, they were there the whole time, they just didn't show up. There wasn't suddenly something that created magic and Doctor Strange shows up. No, the wizards were always there. Um, is Black Panther? Uh, Wakanda this was always so there. different, though, because no, they're gonna have not. to. Wreck. No, it's but not. But then, how are they gonna? Ex- okay, Magneto being in a concentration camp, like that's a huge part of his backstory. They're gonna have to like. They were also super secretive. They were also yeah, super secretive. True. I mean, I could see. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think. Hold like, on. Professor X's hold whole on. school could be Professor X's whole school for the gifted could be just staying out of it because he's trying to protect his students. Right. The only way these Avengers have joined up is because they did something prominent and then were recruited. But if we have the Charles Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters is a new idea. The mutants have always been here, but there's no reason why uh, Gene, Cyclops, Storm, or any of these people would have crossed Tony Stark's radar for for any really significant reason. They've been there. Maybe you do a, a cute little moment where, like, uh, like they did in Endgame, where it was like, no, you know, uh, Tilda Swinton was fighting off the guys, but you just didn't see her. She was off camera. So maybe, like, a Chitari soldier crashes through uh, Jean Grey's, like, apartment and she like blows him out with psionic energy and then she's like what's going on here and it's that's how they've always done it marvel comics had been operating for 20 years before the x-men show up and the they explain it as like i don't know new school i found all these people i've discovered that i am a mutant and we're and i'm recruiting new mutants you just have the x-men be a new idea but so then what's going to be the incident that brings them out of the shadows then if we're because there's guys this is super easy this is super easy Nick Fury already did it for us. Project Insight. He sent up fucking helicarriers that targeted millions of people. And we only know that like a couple dozen are are superheroes. What if the other people that Project Insight targeted were people without with abnormalities? Fuck their... you, man. Why you gotta make it make sense so easily? Yeah, Shit. he already did it. He already found yeah, them all. Something like that, like that list, uh, Magneto or Charles Xavier gets access to that list, and then suddenly we are recruiting the mutants usually like keep to their own business anyway uh but like we do i mean the first x-men movie which came out 20 years ago today is far from a perfect movie but the idea is correct is like charles and magneto they are long-standing friends but they are just on opposite sides of this divide and you need to and then suddenly okay yeah and we are suddenly now putting this scheme together because if mutants are caused by Thanos's snap or a wave of energy you ruin the thing that is special about the X-Men this mutant metaphor the mutants stand in place of any marginalized group it's an imperfect metaphor but that is what the franchise has been built upon for 60 years and if you remove that 
If you remove the fact that they are mutant at birth, this is just how you were born and you cannot help it. Um, you were born into a society that hates and fears you simply because of how you were born. If it's if it's radiation or or Infinity Stone magic, then what's the fucking point of the X-Men? They're just Avengers now. Like, what's the point? Do you think that the Sokovia um, registrations absolved? But the but that could be a part of why the mutants get involved. The mutants can just be they've they've been there. They've always been around, but nothing has brought them out, and there is suddenly an event that brings them out. Um, their community is is they either bring themselves to light or they are brought to light, and suddenly all of this comes crashing down around them. You, it, it has to be something like that, and I think. Feige and co are smart enough to know that it does just have to be something like that. Anyway, uh, this is advanced community studies <laughs> where we talk about the American television show community, two episodes at a time. Usually, uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and you punched a lady bee. Oh, wait, no, that was stupid. Oh, I take my quote back. And if your name is Kevin, here's a little treat for your cell phone. Oh, yeah. Kevin can't come to the phone right now because he's on a spaceship with me, George Decay. What's up, y'all? My name is Jace. I use they, them pronouns, and I am a Dracula. <laughs> and, and and they are also uh, cooking. So if you hear <laughs> cooking sounds in I'm the background. I'm cooking again. It's, it's a theme now. Cooking yeah. with Jace. Cooking with Jace. <laughs> they are committing to the bit. This is, this is what they do now. This is who they are. nothing less from me. <laughs> nothing less. <laughs> and I'm Caleb, the third one. And I will be the first black man to make it to the end. Yes! <laughs> oh, exquisite. We are, of course, the Greendale Three. Welcome back, uh, everyone, uh, to the show. Um, I don't know. Unless y'all have something, let's jump right in. And by jump right in, I mean 23 minutes in, let's talk about our first episode. <laughs> Uh, enough of this mutant talk yeah enough of this mutant menace it's a menace to podcasts let me tell you Oof. That. um <laughs> season two episode six epidemiology directed by anthony hemingway written by carrie dornetto it's a halloween party at greendale and guess what zombies are breaking out also abba is here uh hot take <laughs> this is a better abba movie than mamma mia <laughs> This is uh, a it's better, better use than Mamma Mia music. 2. I don't know about Mamma Mia 1. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How did that break me? Fuck. Here we go again. You've been taking care dad. of a child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate. The bar is low for you. That's why all dad sitcoms are just dads going like, huh. You drive, and the audience laughs and laughs. That's that's <laughs> eventually audience. where you'll ah. get to, Caleb. <laughs> that's it is. It is. There's a there's a really great TikTok. Uh, rest in peace, TikTok. From months ago. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! Take my uh, data with you, TikTok. Take all of my private information with you. Um, but it was like it's it was basically things white people say, and one of them's like, sidewalks aren't safe anymore when you find out someone gets a driver's license. And I was like, these are just dad things. And then one's like, there's my workout for the day when you walk upstairs to get something, and it's like, oh shit, 
This is Uh-oh. just bad stuff. <laughs> Uh-oh. What's the other one? When you walk back to get your keys that you forget, you always say, can't get very far without these. Yeah. Oh, oh, damn. Oh, they've seen it. They're calling me out, and I didn't know that you were. You've been Thanks, called James. out. So Caleb it. looks down, <laughs> and like suddenly your your uh, shirt gets a beer logo on it. Suddenly, <laughs> I am becoming, I am, I am become bad, bod. Where before you never wore a watch, one materializes upon your wrist. Oh, uh, well. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. My shirt has a pocket on the chest. <laughs> You've got a frocket. Uh-oh. 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 Oh, suddenly I'm making jokes and no one laughs, and I say, some sense of humor you got. Oh, no. Oh, no. Fuck you guys. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, excellent. Uh, boy, community do do holidays good, don't they? My word. Said, My yeah. goodness. You said doo-doo. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. Hold on. Jace just said that with me. <laughs> Y'all humor just as bad as mine. <laughs> oh, I there's no doubt that my sense of humor is just as bad as yours, Caleb. Okay. Guilty by association. Okay. We're as all going as down. Being, yeah, all as long going. as we can all admit that we gave the occasional shit joke, then I'm happy. Uh, occasional? How dare you? Frequent. <laughs> it's all it's, I got. It's my you give me more. far too much credit, kind sir. <laughs> it's my whole dang act. It's my um, ding dang act. <laughs> it's my ding dang act. Uh, I would like to. I would like to cite everyone's uh, how good community is at assigning costumes to its characters on Halloween. They just <laughs> always feel so strong and like indicative of what the character would choose to wear yeah sure it's strong is again rebelling against like the idea of sexy halloween costumes and he's doing something that's like a little cute but a little naughty accidentally sexy yeah accidentally sexy jeff is casually handsome oh my Uh, god y'all did it i just figured out how to describe annie accidentally sexy it works. Uh, I'm here for that. That sounds like a valid description. Abed does a classic '80s movie costume. It just all—it just all uh, really, really works out in like a nice way. They put a lot yeah. of thought into it, and it shows. It's great. Isn't, isn't uh, Jeff just David Beckham, but like not? He's just—he's just, he's just wearing a three thousand dollars suit, suit like, and <laughs> carrying a soccer ball. <laughs> what I think you're saying is, I own a cowboy outfit, and it is tight. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's my favorite. Every time I come back to that little Brita exchange, it's it's a classic. And there's some classic Brita exchanges in this one. Uh, Dragon Turtle. Um, oh, who's holding? The key to your riddle. <laughs> <laughs> this Why is, is the Dean's so second costume. We the, the Dean is now starting to suit up regularly because we have this uh, extraordinarily 2010 Lady Gaga costume. <laughs> And it's everything. <laughs> the Dean as Lady Gaga is face. the moment. She is an icon. I just, I truly can't get over the fact that they somehow managed to make this episode canon. Like, watching this episode feels like a one-shot. It feels like a Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, and let's just forget about it forever right. and evermore. But then they're like, they're like, just wait, hold on, we're going to drop one little Easter egg, and then we're going to come back to it in like, 15 episodes and you're like what yeah this episode is lore important this is a crucial episode to the canon (laughs) this is 
uh, Chang and Shirley never have again sex in the bathroom. Right, never again do they do an October, uh, like a Halloween episode that's like, yo, some crazy shit happened and it's canon. Like, I would have loved to have seen a Halloween episode where, like, vampires were all of a sudden real. Like, that would have been tight. But they were like, no, zombies, because it's realistic, apparently. We're doing real-ass zombies, not, like, a fake game of humans versus zombies or some shit like that. Like, we are doing real furl-on-ass zombies uh, who knows? You know, if Dan Harmon had done season four, maybe there would have been a Frankenstein. Maybe there would have... You don't know. You oh, don't, don't know. What don't did they do for Halloween up? season one? They just did Dia de las Muertos. Yeah, the Dia de las Muertos part. They, yeah. they did Batman. It was... Uh, Community season one, episode seven is such a different show from Community season six, episode two, um, where Troy can burst in wearing Ridley's power armor and we can... The government can show up and mind mace everyone. Like, it's just... It's so like, It's men in black. Shit. Yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What an excellent episode for Troy on every level. Because um, he gets to be hysterically funny, obviously, always. But it's always. like a great character acceptance moment for him as well. Yeah, it is the kind of the moment. Wow, I haven't thought about it like that. It's totally the moment where, like, because season one, you're still seeing Troy tackle with that internal, I'm just a kid, <laughs> but I'm also like a, uh, like a jock. Yeah, he's always the boy. <laughs> right, but then you start to see him start to, like, embrace nerdy childhood, and, like, I guess in a weird sense, nerd culture is kind of one of the few places that, like, adults are allowed to be childish, quote-unquote. I don't know how you want to interpret <laughs> that, that, but, like, for sure, point, for sure. But yes, 100%. Yeah. Right, you know, it, it is a contentious point. It's for sure something worth debating and further further discussing, you for know, sure. you could write a dissertation on it. But, like, literally, Absolutely. this is the moment where he goes, oh, shit, you know what? Fuck it up! I'm wearing a robot suit because I'm that <laughs> boy. You know, it's like, all right, word, do it, Troy. And then he's yeah. immediately confronted by, by like, I don't know why I thought this would work. It was, it's like paper, t- cardboard tubes, like toilet paper rolls. Like, I don't know why you thought it would give him so much immense power. Um, because it my... makes him feel powerful, and that's what's so pa- that's what's so good about it, though. It's yeah. you, it's the moment you start to realize, oh, he feels powerful and strong when he's being dweeby and nerdy with his boy Abed, and I'm like. That's right. Dude, also, Troy punches the fuck out of Annie with no hesitation. (laughs) Just fucking Dexter. And it's incredible. (laughs) What big fists you have in your face! face. (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking clocks her, punches Pierce straight in the butt. (laughs) Punches him right in the butt. Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Incredible. The return of Rich, Chiquita MD. You love to see it. Uh, Doc Pottery Wood is Chiquita MD. <laughs> Chiquita MD, excellent joke. I I love it. I there's a there's a beautiful little moment of comedy writing, and comedy writing is different than like good dramatic writing because there's this moment. The dean locks everyone in the library, and and Jeff is the one who gets to react to that moment. And there's such a potential to overwrite that moment, have him, like, do some, like, extravagant, like, burn or take down. And just having him say, um, increasingly, uh, uh, direly <laughs> is such a strong little comedic oh, moment. Do you think that was improvised or do you think that was written? I 
assume it was written or like some variation of it. Uh, but uh, you really just get this this beautiful uh, uh, little moment. I, I appreciate it so much. It's good. It's real good. I'm a big fan of that moment. I forget about that moment, but it's like so good. Um, Sorry, I'm seasoning my chicken. <laughs> Uh, that's code audience. Not entendre, damn it! <laughs> I was trying to protect them, and you were like, "Nope, that's code." They said fully erect. I'm never um, safe here. <laughs> Jay said fully erect. Fully erect. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no laws here. We're all, it's, it, all, all the rules are off. All the social mores are being tossed out the window. Uh, it's a more. Sorry, go on. If you're a Zambo film fan, there's so many great little um, references to other like zombie movies. You get the the great Shaun of the Dead moment where like Annie gets ripped out through the window. The bit with the cat in the basement. Is, is someone throwing it? Is someone throwing it? He's so good. And I, uh, you know, I've seen this episode 400 times. It was on Kevin's 16 gig iPod. Um, and I'm now thinking about like the coordination of that cat throw. Cause you're doing this like backward steady cam shot, keeping True, all, yeah. your, all your three players. So there's just like, Someone either like hiding behind those shelves or like just off camera, like the AC is just like chucking this fake cat across the camera. Um, and I can only imagine what kind of a fucking nightmare that shot was to to get. I can't even worth it. Worth absolutely it. worth it. I love a, I love a nice complicated shot, and I think that's whenever the show reminds you like hey look we're goofy and we do dumb shit but also we take time to do really complicated shots that only people that are into film will truly respect and it's just something that adds just makes me so happy the look of this episode is insane it's so good the these like it's lit in this like dark style with these like lights that are always hidden behind the blinds but it it has a really strong look you're never confused what you're looking at which in an episode this like crowded with zombie extras and abba and joke 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 it is so impressive that i always know where i am what characters i am looking at what the exact stakes of their situation are that is deceptively tough shit I just remembered that we get random notes from the Dean's iPod in the <laughs> on the speakers as well. <laughs> we do. We a do. human centipede joke because it was 2010. That's that's just the joke you made oh, in 2010. Fuck, Caleb, you were gonna say something. What were you gonna say? Yeah, no, I just discovered some shit. So buckle up, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so, not in the car. So the the <laughs> cat is a reference to fucking Jonesy. The cat from oh, Alien. Oh, in Alien. Yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. And they're wearing the fucking They're wearing alien. the fucking ah. Alien and Ripley costumes. Oh my god. Ah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you, Dan Harmon. <laughs> yeah. And then, just because Reddit is a, is a cruel mistress, the very <laughs> next post that it showed me was like, in season two, episode 19, I'm jumping the gun, of Community, my dinner with Abed. Abed talks about being an extra in Cougar Town. In season two, episode 21 of Cougar Town, you can see Abed in the background acting as an extra. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you seen that? I didn't know that. I'm oh, just, you yeah. did? There's a clip. No, sitting, my They're brain sitting is... down. They're having a conversation. It's super funny because you watch it. And you see him very clearly, like, reacting to the conversation they're going on, but acting as if he was, like, oh, my, it's... Oh, it's reacting to a TV show? 
Uh, no, it's it's stuff, like very like, clearly like, like it's yeah. like it yeah it's he's he's like listening into their conversation. It's hysterical. Oh my gosh, watch that! I'm surprised you haven't seen that. Yeah, it's a it's a good clip. Minor nitpick. Uh, Abed's story about guesting on Cougar Town implies that he poops his pants in a scene with Courtney Cox, but after he walks his, across the stage, and his scene in Cougar Town actually is him with busy phillips and dan stevens uh so either abed is i mean it doesn't matter at all in the context of that episode of community and it's like cool that they did the crossover you can find those same two actors from cougar town in the paintball finale of season two like they're in there Mm -hmm. as well um but it's this weird it doesn't quite connect in the way that i wished it did, but also when they're in, they're not that. playing they're not I mean are they playing actors because here's the thing if we're gonna address the meta reality of the situation Abed goes to a set so the actors in Cougar Town in the in the reality of community are actors so when we see those people at the uh, paintball setup are they actors that are attending Greendale like what what maybe they I came to hang out with, with they, maybe they came to hang out with Abed <laughs> their boy Abed. <laughs> Uh, but he's like, hey guys, I got this thing I gotta handle like real quick, just like real fast. Um, and uh, it comes back covered in paint, dressed as Han Solo. Uh, I mean, the reality is whatever you want it to be because it is one shot and they don't say anything. Not good enough. <laughs> I, I think it's just two Greendale students that happen to look like Cougar Town favorites, Busy Phillips and Dan Stevens. Um, but it's it's whatever the 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 viewer is. You know what? I'm, you know what? I'm to gonna acknowledge their it as... own reasoning. I'm gonna. I think I my explanation, my retcon is gonna be that uh, they're actually two of those people from that impersonation service that Abed constantly hires. <laughs> they're busy and I think lookalikes. <laughs> I think that's gonna be my canon from now on. Can doesn't you... have to be yours, but it's mine. I think I've actually I've had the wrong name. I think it's Dan Bird. But can you imagine like trying to make a living as a Dan Bird celebrity impersonator? <laughs> <laughs> like all them Cougar Town themed birthday parties you're getting hired to do. Oh my god, how many children are trying to do a Cougar Town <laughs> birthday <laughs> children? <laughs> children with the comically large wine glasses from Cougar Town. Uh <laughs> Kids, Quista Miller is my favorite actress on Cougar Town. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, incredible stuff. Uh, I think it is hilarious that uh, Community always has budget problems. From this point forward, it will be a huge uh, uh, issue for the show. But yeah. in these two episodes we watched, they are fucking just throwing money at the screen. They are just fucking like oh, we're going to license four ABBA songs. We're going to put a, a legion of zombies. We're going to have a a, a big trampoline that we're going to shoot scenes We're going to blow up a window, a prop we're gonna window. Get, we're going to get Hillary Duff for some reason. Just no, they like bought all of these... Wound. All of these <laughs> weird, I forgot about Hillary Duff. All of these weird ways to, like, blow your budget. <laughs> So I forgot about Hillary Duff being in anything but this show. Like <laughs> I watch I watch this show and like oh yeah, that's right, Hillary Duff was in this. And I, I do not think it's wild that Hillary Duff is in this. I think it's wild that Hillary Duff is in other shit. <laughs> oh, this, this, this actor, this community actor is Lizzie McGuire. McGuire. You're like, whoa, yeah. look at the yeah. community actor. Is that yeah. Megan from season two, episode seven? 
Is that Frankie Muniz's girlfriend from the first episode of or the first Agent Cody Banks movie? <laughs> oh, do not, do not. Ooh, oh, oh I'm like at a loss for fuck. I need, I need to see those movies again. Like they, dude, this dude, weird, be like, completely honest, they're, they're actually okay. They're actually. Okay. I bet, yo, uh, I, I don't hate them. That, that shit was fire. Oh, fuck. <laughs> my, and the second uh, one has the chick from S Club Seven in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, if my, you watch my, that musical uh, team show. My first kiss was during Agent Cody Banks Two: Destination London. <laughs> hey, <laughs> a VHS screening of Agent Cody Banks Two: Destination nice. London. Yeah, dude, I'm fucking pulling them in. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. Oh, uh, man. oh Agent it. Cody Banks so two. You got Anthony Anderson on the cover. Yep. You, yep. you got uh, I think Keith David. Yeah, you got Keith David as the director. Oh, you could do way worse than this, man. It's great. Keith David's in both of them. Yeah. Keith David's in both of both. Ian McShane's the bad guy in the first Cody Banks. Yes. Fucking Ian McShane. Does he call Wait. anyone a cocksucker? Like, no, he... absolutely <laughs> not. I think it's in Ian McShane's contract, though. If he shows up in your project, he does have to say cocksucker at one point. Okay, yeah, he probably says it like really haven't... quiet. We still haven't. <laughs> He's just in the background going, cocksucker. <laughs> We still haven't gotten, um, I know we've gotten a hint at it, but we still haven't gotten Nick Fury saying motherfucker all the way. So, I'm waiting, Disney. Give me that he's got, he's got. He does it in uh, Infinity War. And, you know, at the, at the end of Infinity War, he goes, mother, and then they cut, like, I want, I want, away. I want, I want it. I want the whole thing. Disney, you fucking cowards. Let him <laughs> say it. fuck. Let him say Yeah, have any of the uh, Disney Marvel films had a fuck word in it? No, no, not much. Oh, I'm so wow. sorry. Because they used no, to they be. They do other curses. Yeah, they'll do they other curses. They did recently put Days of Future Past on Disney Plus, which was an odd decision, but, oh, but I mean, not as odd as. I mean, as they putting own the it, new... you know. Um... But it's also it's not as odd as putting the new Fantastic Four movie on. <laughs> yeah, but... if I go on Disney Plus, I can fucking watch Hamilton or Fant Four Stick. Uh, I, no, I just I <laughs> Fant Four Stick. I remember, I remember watching, I watched it recently because I had never seen it. And I remember being no. like, people thought this was bad. I was like, why was this so bad? You know, watching it. And I was like, this is like, it's not great. But I was like, it's not terrible. They're a bit young. And then Dr. Doom shows up. And then I was like, oh, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the most, one of the most powerful villains in Marvel shows up. And it's like, uh, wait. Th- this is your guy? Like, <laughs> like, like inconsistent as to what his powers are. The mask is terrible and not even a little bit intimidating. Uh, oh. Just like they did. Uh, like, why is it that? And Dr. Doom, the, one the number one what? coolest guy. They just <laughs> cannot fucking get him right. It sucks so bad every time. Just like I the desperately way- hope they like- try again, though, because Dr. Doom would be the escalation. We have to get oh, after you Thanos. Gotta try again. We have you to get to try again. Yeah, we need him. We need him so bad. But, like, I, the other thing is, once they did uh, Avengers, I, I'm sorry, I'm going on a Marvel kick again, but we'll go back. They <laughs> did, oh. Once they did the first Avengers with, like, the blue light going towards the sky, every sure. superhero movie after that was like, we need something just like that. And they oh, did it in six, six, four. Six, six. They did just straight towards the sky. They did it in, <laughs> they did it in the Power Rangers movie. Like, six, like six, six. yes, it's the, it's the, it's the mass effect effect. <laughs> Can you explain yeah. what that means? Uh, the collectors in two thousand. The collectors in two thousand nine. When did Mass Effect two come out? Two thousand nine. Two thousand ten. 
2010. Okay, that's what I thought. So you have the collectors in 2010 who come right after a Promethean giant ship is seen in the beginning of the first game, shooting its uh-huh. blue-ish be- or its beam into the ground. But uh-huh. then, like, uh-huh. that gets followed by the Prometheans controlling the collectors who fly this ship that just like fucking uh-huh. is this obelisk in the sky, uh-huh. and then. From there, you get like the the fucking the what's the what are the gates called? The Mass Effect relays. Yeah, you get the Mass Relay DLC at the end of Mass Effect Two that lets you know that the Reapers are coming again, and that's uh-huh. all about a blue lens flared ass fucking spire of light. And then at the end of Mass Effect Three, you are in a spire of light and get to choose what color you're going to turn the blue spire of light into. Yeah, and dope. then after that, giant blue spires of light have decided the fate of the universe. <laughs> That's it. It all comes down to giant blue spires of light. Everyone thinks that, like, you know, when Christ returns, he shall be a burning bush or the form we all know. I think he's going to be a big blue spire of light. <laughs> With tremendous lens. It's going to be a collapsing uh, fucking Einstein. Yeah. And like, yeah, an Einstein Rosen bridge that yeah, fucking, exactly. uh, Black Widow's gonna have to close with a stick. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna rule. And 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 he's going to be in Zack Snyder's film grain uh, color set. Oh my god! Oh, six six six. Cool, oh cool. my god! Yeah. And the trailer for the end of six, days. Six, six, will I have... think you're saying six six six, and I get really confused. Well, I'm sorry. I'm trying to summon the devil. Uh, one more. I'm sorry. One. Just like one more thing about Fan Four Stick before we pivot back to community. Just like one more thing. Everyone knows that that movie was shot essentially two times. Uh, you can yeah. tell which version you're watching by Kate Mara's hair, because sometimes she has people hair, and sometimes she has a pile of yellow straw on top of her head. Uh, you will know which version you are watching. But they over in the reshoots, they decided to change two characters' names, Dr. Doom and Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson was originally playing Mole Man, but they decided, no, 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 we're going to kill him off instead. So those characters' names are never said on camera. The only time you ever hear their name is someone off camera going, uh, yeah, Jeff, uh, make sure that you, uh, hit the button, Jeff. Uh, it's uh, it's very good, very good film. <laughs> there was, yeah, there's some weird ADR in that. There was one moment where they like they did it like when they first got the portal to work, and Mister Fantastic and Reed like walks away, and it was like a really cool. I was like, oh, that was an interesting like decision directorially, and then just the shittiest ADR I've ever heard comes in. He goes, we did it, and it's just like we we fucking know you did it. Why did you? Why did they have to add in a line to make sure we, we knew what happened? It's because yeah. it's we because Fox. Everything. It's because Fox kicked Josh Trank out of the editing room. And cut forty minutes of fight scenes from the movie and re and reshot an hour of the movie. So there's a shit ton of ADR and off screen ADR and punch up that was done to you job I don't know, this is completely non related to this show. But yeah, just look up Josh Trank and Fox and look at what happened around right. the release of this movie because Trank came out on Twitter and was like, What you're gonna see is not the movie I made. And then he Speaking got Speaking like, of secret blackballed. uh white supremacists unrelated what are you fucking taking josh drank down no 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 oh wow no that was not what i was trying to say please don't no i was trying to they were tying fox together they were tying fox no i was trying to make the most absurd segue possible into the trampoline episode please go for it sorry ruined it i apologize speaking of agent cody banks 
Um, <laughs> That's a much better one. <laughs> I think we've I think we've officially made the transition over to uh, our next episode, uh, season one uh, or season two, episode seven, Aerodynamics of Gender, directed by Tristram Shapiro, written by Adam County. Uh, Jeff and Troy discover a secret trampoline operated uh, by the Upright Citizens Brigade Matt Walsh. Uh, and the girls take a gender studies class, but really we're doing like a mean girls pastiche, uh, with guest star Hillary Duff. But you do have to like look twice and go, is that Hillary Duff? Mm-hmm. Is that... The first time it happens, you're like, what? Is... what? That can't be Hillary <laughs> Duff. Cause normally this show, when it does guest stars, it's like, oh, okay. Tony Hale gets an introduction scene when he's the pottery school teacher or whatever, you know, the guest stars get like a little moment of acknowledgement that they are there. Hillary Duff just shows up in a scene and you're like, is that fucking Hillary Duff? <laughs> like, did they? They did the same thing with Catherine McPhee though. So, you know, I get, but there's even a level. She, she has like, her first shot is like a close up where it's like, oh, it's Catherine McPhee. Uh, this, it's, I don't know. It felt weird to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm in the wrong here. It felt strange to not even, like, acknowledge that I, the audience, recognize Hillary Duff. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Sometimes you got money to spend because the finale of your first season was fucking dynamite. Right. And uh, you spend it all in the first seven episodes of season two. <laughs> you own it all on fucking maybe, Hillary maybe, Duff. Maybe she, maybe she was like, I don't want to be known as a famous person. I just want another role. And they were like, fine, we'll treat you just like anybody else. I just want to act. The role of Megan really spoke to me. And I feel like <laughs> I want to strip down and really embody the character of Megan. Um, I The line that really jumped out to me from the script was, why would you name your daughter Megan? Are you stocking up for a bitch shortage? And that just really spoke to me. Oh, it's such a That's good really line. sad. I, have, I only know like one person named Megan, and she's a total sweetheart. Uh, I have that being many said, Megans in my life line. that I love. It's an incredible line, and Yvette Nicole Brown uh, kills it as always. Kills it as always. Oh, I love her so much. I love her so much. I love Gillian Jacobs getting on a chair and saying, This is a bitch free zone. <laughs> 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 the lamest shit in the entire world. I love it. How do we? How uh, how do we even begin to parse the aerodynamics of gender as uh, an an episode? You know, I'm gonna say these two episodes we watched today they hit a little different than they did ten years ago. You know, I think uh, this storyline about overlooking someone's <laughs> white supremacist tendencies it hits a little different now <laughs> the episode about like everyone ignoring a doctor's opinions on a virus and just doing whatever they want anyway it hit a little different <laughs> now don't it uh, i didn't think about that last one the way that you did but now I won't think of it any other way. So that's when, something. When, when Dean Pelton says we need an itty baby quarantine, it's like, but oh, no. like, wow, no. But like, huh, though, yeah? Interesting. But like, <laughs> but like <laughs> what does that mean, though? How do we do this? How do we? Still don't know. Still waiting to find out because apparently this country doesn't know how to do it. 
Listen, oh, y'all. We don't know how to do it so good. We have to go. We went, we just took steps backwards. Yeah, I we looked like, at open uh, schools. Oh shit! Don't open schools. <laughs> I looked at the most recent coronavirus numbers, and I immediately went onto the internet and ordered like four hundred hour JRPGs because I'm like, oh, we're in it for the long haul. I got more time to kill in fucking quarantine. I guess. I asked my so. wife, to, Kev, this is fucking hilarious because I was on Twitter today, and Rami Ismail, who's like an indie game developer that I. Super, uh-huh. super, super value. Tweeted, tweeted his what he'd heard about Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, and I resonated with it so fucking much. Let me read it to you. <laughs> and it's this. It's what you just did. It's what you just did. He says, so based on some early reviews, Ghost of Tsushima is recognizable and repetitive video game fare that overstays its welcome a bit with occasional narrative beats of varying impact, all set in a really beautiful world. Sounds like exactly what I need right now. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so I asked my wife, I was like, can I buy this game on Friday? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, just because I want something that I can look at this pretty and isn't going to make me <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I took about four months off of the witcher three and i just picked it back up and i'm like damn is this am i gonna play this game like two whole fucking times during this <laughs> quarantine like is that what's gonna fucking happen let's do it let's <laughs> gonna do get it. on my little horse and ride around uh yeah i like this plot line the secret the secret garden secret trampoline plot line is one of the strangest things that has ever aired on the national broadcast company that has ever like it's so fucking it's so wild no it's mad weird it's It's so wild there are there are some things on this show and i put them right next to the tv show hannibal which i am rewatching, and i'm like how the fuck did this air on nbc how the fuck did this air on the same channel as the fucking voice? How did this air on the same channel as Friends or Animal Practice, the show about a monkey who's a doctor? Like, how? <laughs> how did I this happen? I forget that that was a real show. Thank how you for bringing that up more than Starring Annie's boobs. Annie's boobs! Is it the same monkey? Same monkey. Crystal the Capuchin Monkey. You know, that monkey has better credits than I do, and I'm a little ashamed by that. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is if I had Crystal the monkey money, like, <laughs> oh, man. Ah, oh, damn. Uh, I think it's cool uh, to to put a to put a swastika on Matt Walsh because the Upright Citizens Brigade is uh, maybe at their lowest credibility of all time. <laughs> and They're not doing so hot so, right now. Is so fucking furious at the UCB four right now that to just like slap a fucking swastika on Matt Walsh, I say go for it. I say y'all have fun. It feels like the right thing for Matt Walsh at this moment. And boy, that line where he says, it's gonna be a maze, is very funny. <laughs> I must, <laughs> I, you simply gotta give it to him. That is very funny. Good stuff. Good stuff. Love to see it. Love to see. Uh, now, uh, Jace, I, 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 want to, I want to get your opinion specifically. As the, uh, of the three of us, the foremost gender scholar, shall we say, what All do right. you make of this B plot line, the mean girl plot line with Abed and the ladies. How do we <laughs> it's, feel? It's it's fascinating. Um, fascinating, I think is good. Yes. <sighs> I God, let me. I, I gotta like. I'm sorry to put you even, on the spot. If you want to, no, formula, it's good. It's it's, no, I I like being able to kind of speak on these things. It's difficult to kind of address the way that gender is tackled in the show, especially understanding the behind the scenes gender dynamic drama of the show. For so sure. it is. 
interesting to kind of it's difficult to tackle with understanding like the misogynistic tendencies of Dan Harmon who yes while he has addressed them in one of the best public apologies I would say in my opinion uh, still we still have to acknowledge you know the harm that he did and it doesn't excuse it and it's still a little bit sticky icky but you look at this episode and ah, I don't know it's it's confusing <laughs> because part of it it's like it's like you're able to address like these these petty things and these these tendencies, but then it's not real commentary on gender. I think that's the 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 crux of my dis- of what I have to say about it. They're not talking about gender. They're not discussing gender. What they're doing is they're talking about quote petty girls, um, and that to me yeah. uh, is its own thing. I mean, like mm-hmm. I think there's something fascinating to be said about Abed being the guy in the group. And them finding his value in being able to take down women is like a weird symbol of like how sometimes women participate in patriarchy as well. And they actually oftentimes are misogynistic towards other women. And it's a self-serving cycle and internalization is ubiquitous. But I also think that that's me giving the writers too much credit. I genuinely (laughs) think that they were like, let's just have a bunch of girls be mean to each other. And then the dynamic will switch because they've got a secret weapon who's a guy that's essentially a robot. I I don't have too much to say. It's fun. It's enjoyable as hell to watch the way that these guys play with this dynamic and address it. And it is exciting to be able to finally see a moment where we see the three girls hanging out together as the three girls. You know, like, we don't really get that in many other times. As far as, like, gendered analysis, I don't have too much to say. Because it's, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's just kind of there, you know. I believe I mean, but that's it's, totally it's, it's, acceptable. You know, yeah. but like, yeah, I, I do think if we were to queer the lens and do the work ourselves, I think it is interesting to address the way that um, all of these takedowns are misogynistic tendencies that are exhibited within girls. And maybe that's because it's a bunch of male writers writing how they think girls behave with one another. Who knows? You know, I'm sure the actresses also had some influence a little bit. You know, they're playing along in the room. But at at the end of the day, they've got a script to follow, at least guidelines wise. I, I think it's fun if you look at it as if you were to try and be like, well, if you look here, you can see that patriarchy just is subversive <laughs> even within female group circles. But it's also just like, I like also like, fuck that, you know, like that's <laughs> OK, great. Do something about it. But yeah, you know, I don't know. Do something about it. <laughs> Say less. Do more. <laughs> it's this weird accent because it is. The the premise of your episode essentially is that the genders are dividing. We're going to have the boy storyline and we're going to have the, the girl storyline. But you already muddy that by putting Abed on the the girl side. Like, you, you, you've already kind of weirdly filtered out your sort of central idea of the episode. The episode is fucking called Aerodynamics of Gender. I mean, um, which to me makes me happy as a non-binary person to be like, yeah, that's right, gender isn't binary. Go fuck yourself. Well, that's true. That's true, too. Um, but did they just, mean that? Was that intentional? Absolutely my guess not. Is new. Uh, so anyway, it just becomes, goes to it just prove what I already. Thing. It just goes to prove what I already knew. Non-whites what? ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> and some are just natural jumpers. Some are just natural jumpers. Did you boo me and then cheer me, Jason? <laughs> I said bad. Ta- I said boo. Bad take. Bad take. 
Oh, I was just commenting on Kev saying that it might have been a weird choice to have Abed be the delivery of right. non. So Kevin, that's that xenophobic, was... and I, I I request that you do some internal reflection to kind of address what? where that's coming from. Oh no, I thought I was like, I'm not a racist. I do a podcast with a black guy. Yeah, I have a black co-host. I can't be racist. Uh, I would allow you to buy me ice cream because your white guilt was doing somersaults, though. Doing somersaults. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite lines of Worthy. this. Worthy. Uh, great line. Yeah, and it's and, and also the the Mean Girls plot line. Abed is like the focal character. He is the character that has the arc in that plot line. So I don't know. It's, just, it's a wash. I don't. I don't think it's um, perhaps successful at what whatever they were trying to do. It's entertaining. Um, For sure. But it's I not also boring. don't think I don't think they were attempting to do an accurate gen. I think they were like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Mean Girls. Call it a gen. Like the title of sure. the episode, I think you know, was more so just like because it was low hanging fruit and they needed it that as opposed to them actually they were doing a gender commentary. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just a Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I don't. I'm Jace. I never. You think can kind of tell they didn't do their research in naming the title of the episode because if they had, they would have called it "Fluid Dynamics of Gender," because it's gender fluidity. Yeah. Well, so ah. actually, fun fact that might have been that might have been but like just before a lot of the language was developed around fluidity of gender. Like it was sure. still a concept that was aware, but it was also nowhere near mainstream. And aerodynamics is purely referential to the trampoline. So, right, exactly. Right. Not so gender. Like, but I do yeah, love yeah, the yeah. fluid dynamics. I think fluid, fluid dynamics, dynamics to gender would have been fucking dope. I'm stealing that though, because I'm gonna make that some sort of content's gonna be the fluid dynamics of gender. So thank you. When you go back, yeah. when you go back to school and have a master's thesis, just name it that. The fluid <laughs> dynamics of gender. Yeah. About uh, it's uh, how queers interact with beaches and water parks. You got it. Let's <laughs> no. <laughs> The the cryodynamics of gender. How gender seems frozen. Based on that? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? How does a queer body put on a bathing suit? Yeah, dude, you could write a whole dissertation. There's a paper on that. that. I'm not saying wrong, because I'm not saying you can't do it. This is also the beginning of our uh, Pierce as a villain arc. This is truly like the episode where it (laughs) begins. Um, and it's a very strange, because Pierce just two episodes ago was like an affable old man who like, you know, was rebelling a little bit, but like wanted to belong to this community, quote unquote. And now he is like directly sabotaging his friend's fun uh, out of being a small petty little man. And it's, it's a, it's a marked change uh just the first time we see andy dick yes as the helicopter god andy dick yeah he's he's in this he's in the same television episode as hillary dove (laughs) oh how goddamn dick how how the turntables before andy dick was illegal before you could not possess andy dick andy dick was on this fucking show uh, do I, which one's Andy Dick? He was a, a comedian. He he popped up on a lot of sitcoms for a long time. He got in trouble for something. I <laughs> I want to say it was inappropriate touching in public situations. I 
cannot earnestly remember the specifics of why Andy Dick is outlawed, but you cannot take Andy Dick on an airplane. No more than two ounces of Andy Dick anyway. <laughs> you can't, um, you know, if you get pulled over and Andy Dick is in your car, uh-oh, you know, that's a that's a warrant to search on site. Um, it's, it's no good. Um, got nothing more to add to the Andy Dick conversation. In sure. fact, as someone who doesn't seem to know a lot about it, I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pull myself out on this one. I'm gonna pull I out. Gotta the reel it back a little bit. Yeah. Pull out the dick. God damn it, Kevin. I'm sorry. Kevin. I'm sorry. Kevin. It's his name. Kevin. Why would he? Why would he be named Kevin. that? <laughs> why would that? he be named that? How <laughs> dare he? Who's responsible for this? Uh, Absolutely. I'm pretty sure uh, his name is Kevin Richards. So why don't you stop being disrespectful, okay? Kevin Richard. Um, Caleb hated is... that joke. <laughs> I don't know joke. how to process it. I'm it's just... a bad joke. <laughs> Listen, I'm, all I'm saying is if you're driving down the road, this episode? if Come. you're in a mall and you see a, a fucking store called Andy Dick's Sporting Goods, do not go in there. <laughs> Yo, I don't even know who Andy Dick is. I don't know which character you're referring to. That's how this started. The, well, the he's a little mini man inside of drone. Yeah. Oh wait! Oh, pill, pill buddy. Oh yeah, no, that's a fun bit. The 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 like hallucination guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a fun bit. Yeah, wow. It's Damn. a fun bit. What... Andy Dick as a as a personality is problematic. Well, so, so is fucking Chevy Chase. So you know, well, good company. You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. <laughs> This is the point where Pierce Hawthorne just becomes Chevy Chase, a tiny, small little man that cannot have people having fun without him. Uh, uh, truly, there's this bizarre thing that I notice in this episode, and I think I figured out why. There's this... When Pierce is on the trampoline, the camera is always glued at the exact same point of his body as he's bouncing, which would be literally impossible to capture in in a in a camera but when donald glover is bouncing he's like ducking in and out of frame because they're actually filming him so what i am coming to suspect is that chevy chase was on a green screen doing his lines like suspended against a green screen just going like this because if you watch the shots where he is on the trampoline with donald glover that ain't Chevy. <laughs> that that ain't that is a thirty year old man in a gray wig. That ain't Chevy. Bounce. Yeah, double bounce me. <laughs> Papa could bounce, but could only bounce so much before it became very bad. Um, Yo, Andy Dick is way more busy than I thought he would be. He work Andy Andy Dick books. <laughs> yeah, dude. Twenty. Kevin goes. <laughs> He work. 2018, 2018, 2018, 2019, 19, 19, 19, 19, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 
That's funny. Thank you. Explicit but, the, the, but the path you should have taken, Jace, is this. Kevin, you are an aspiring writer and want to have a career. Stop making these jokes <laughs> because you will fucking harpoon, you'll lampoon your career. Kevin, you, you are going, currently no, writing a screenplay that you intend to film later this year, early next year. Stop, stop doing this. Stop doing this. People will do their <laughs> research. They'll have their seats. About? Uh, I'll tell you later. Oh, and you're gonna keep it off the line. Okay, keep it yeah, private. Yeah, off the line. Not ready. Not ready for prime time. Uh, but All anyway, right. that's something weird that I noticed about this episode. Did we talk about these episodes, community? Who fucking knows? It's time to rank them. Here we go, baby. Here we go. Wait, let's talk about these tags first while we do the, the ranking. What are these that's tags? That's what we're doing. What, we're rolling tag? into the tag. So the first tag I don't remember is... what they were. The first tag is Troy getting a voicemail from Chang saying that he and Shirley slept together. Oh, shit. Why would he call me? Why did he call me? <laughs> and Chang calls Troy to brag that he had sex with Shirley. I'm going to die as Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy. God, I want to fucking watch a Muppets movie this weekend. I think I'm gonna. Yo, they're on Disney Plus. Do it. That's what I'm saying. I, I would uh, say... For this tag, it's not my favorite one, but it does have like actual implications to later on in the show. So that makes it complicated for me. That's what I'm saying. So what if we let's first let's start it up against Gone Before Breakfast, the other tag that has like story implications. Um, is this better or worse than Gone Before Breakfast? I, I will stand better. I will stand in defense of Gone Before Breakfast because oh. Uh, I lost it. Because <laughs> I want to. <laughs> no, because, like, Gone Before Breakfast is like a paradigm. It's not a paradigm shift, but it definitely throws off what you're expecting, right? Like, you sure. see Pierce as this kind of doofus, especially in Spanish. Seriously, the, the xenophobe is going to get a good grade on his Spanish test. And then you find out that not only is he got a good grade he got a good grade because he got Slug down with the teacher like what the point f- it's wild there's a lot going on there's, it's, a, lot of it's wild. there's a lot going on you know what um, uh maybe i would almost put this I, I i have a soft spot for do you hate this i think maybe it would go just below that though i think we're in betty white explains inception territory sure uh, no yeah. yeah that's agreeable where it's not so like it really both- funny but it's like amusing <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's not Coppelgangers, so and Coppelgangers is actually funny. Actually. Yeah, so maybe just below Coppelgangers, just above Betty White? That sounds good to me. Sure. Party party. Uh, I really love Troy's why like, did why, he why did he call me? me? Why did he call me? Uh, love it. And then um, the the next one is Troy and Abed Part in the, the morning. Part of the sound of Steve. Two. Yeah, it's, it's really rough. I gotta tell <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me move this away. Hold on. Let me move the, the microphone away. I just released the rice cooker. I'm making <laughs> dinner, as you could tell. Yeah. Uh, is it's this better good, or just no, nowhere it's near? It's better. It's markedly better because okay. you're not, like, holding oh. the microphone next to, like, a rice cooker. No, you're not, like, oh, no, away. You're not also the, steaming the microphone. <laughs> the great nooks and crane. Oh, every, I can hear every grain of rice. Mm, Troy and Abed in the morning, Starburn. Okay, how is this versus the first Troy and Abed in the morning, which featured Jeff? Wait, what is, is this the turtle one? Yeah, yeah the, the turtle, turtle one. one. Oh, and it ends with Garrett saying, It's still sunny! <laughs> oh, that's right, they cut to weather. Oh, that might oh, I send think, it. That I think might that might send, send it up. I don't, 
I don't think it's top ten, personally. I don't, I don't think it's top ten. <laughs> it's good. It's not top ten for me. <laughs> okay. Kev just made it sound it's like not, it's not, in the also, band Disturbed. It's not funnier than Oh Christmas Troy, and it's not funnier than mm. Slut, and I have a soft spot for Bert and Ernie. It's, I, I keep looking down. It's not funnier than Flagpole. Damn. Not funnier than Vending Machine. Damn! <laughs> uh, I think maybe. Yeah, like, come on, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> This nose smells like special drink. How does how do y'all feel about it? What in relation to Gone Before Breakfast? Funnier or less funny? Funnier. Funny. Funnier. How do we go from almost putting it at number two to like? I know. <laughs> um, I'm looking at that slut really territory. Did. I'm looking slut? at. Yeah. That's a sentence you don't hear very often. I'm looking at well, I... slut territory. <laughs> but Bert and Ernie and flagpole voicemail. I just. I so. Good. And then vending machine. I don't know. You're gonna have a. I'm, yeah, I. I don't know. I might just Lazy. be the black sheep. On Jace, the floor. Jace, you're gonna have to concede a little bit because Caleb and I were about to put it at number two, and you know, so we're looking at twelve is, I think, a good compromise. Uh, uh, we also bring up the Bert, the Burton Ernie, Troy and Abed, end tag that we get has them playing. Sesame Street characters and the turtle in the end of this one is named Shelly, which is the name of a turtle on Sesame Street. Oh, oh wow. Oh. You want to put it at 12? Let's put it at 12. That's a, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You two pick one that's lower than top 10, and then I'll be happy. All right. <laughs> Done. In the not morning, I can't with pick anywhere else. Starburns. Fine, fine, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Handing out ultimatums over here. Yeah, ultimatoes. Dang. Sorry, ultimatoes. It means you give me the, the whole is, tomato. Y'all outvote me anyway. Like, you could completely just ignore me anyway. Not it would interested, be total. We not value in your input in a, a way. This is a collaborative <laughs> list. This is a collaborative list. Your opinion is, yes, opinion. third no, most important. Want. Third best opinion, but still, but still. Yeah, at least I'm not the third host as Caleb always calls himself. Sorry, that was a really low blow. I didn't mean to go there. I was like, I never understood why you do that. Always, always introduce yourself as the third host, and I'm like, that's not true. Stop being mean to my friend. Next time, I'll say the other one. Is that better? I'm the other host. (laughs) I'm your sweet baby host and thirty under thirty media luminary, Caleb. You can just call yourself. Or, or call yourself a daddy host. I don't know. That's kind daddy of fun. Host. Daddy host. Daddy right. host. Uh, excellent. And uh, everyone, put that on the wiki. Uh, going forward. So let's see. now the now the episode rank. Caleb had a name change. His superhero persona was changed in this issue. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Daddy, daddy host. This was the first appearance of uh, Daddy Bird. Daddy host. <laughs> Daddy Host first appeared in Strange Tales number 42. Uh, okay, so the first episode we're ranking Epidemiology for me, for Kevin, who George Takei specifically shouts out in the episode, me and only me. This is top five territory for me. Yeah. The, this zombie I don't episode even have to is list. so fucking it's iconic it's iconic it can stand by itself it's cinematic it hits all of the markers for what we've declared as top 10 top 5 category abba (laughs) which is it's got a dean costume yeah i'm fucking blasting abba gold over here after this (laughs) listening to this fucking episode 
blast an abagold. So it's definitely top five for me. But this is where it gets sticky. Because is it better... Is it better than Chicken Fingers? Is it better than the first Christmas episode? Is it better than Pool? This is where it gets tough! Which one's comparative religion? Is that Abed? That's the first Christmas episode. Where oh, uh, they fight um, the bully. I would put it as our new... The, the bully? Oh! I would put it as the new four. I think it's just slightly better than American Poultry. I do like the Chicken Fingers episode, but this to me is slightly more iconic. I think so. I think, I think mm. though Chicken Fingers is very uh, notable and iconic as being like the first big genre episode for the show, I think as an mm-hmm. overall entertaining whole, this, this ABBA Zombies does outrank it. Like, it's just yeah. so well put also, together. Yeah, also, it's a it's an off. Uh, what am I trying to say? It's a um, gimmick episode, right? Like it's it's, yeah. it's one that doesn't. It's a one off. Thank you. I could not figure out what the fuck I was trying to there say. Are, there but are it's a one off that somehow good jokes in it. Like yeah, but it's a one off that somehow figures out how to erase its entire existence. Yet is one of the only one offs with things that happen in it that come back later. Right. It's really impressive how they made a one off somehow still canon. It's yeah. So we're better than Chicken Fingers, and we're coming up against... It's probably not better than Modern Warfare, right? No. No. It's not better than Physical Education, either. Yeah, I love that Billiards episode. That's a fucking great episode. Teaching Abed how to date the fucking Billiards. It rules so hard. Ah, Christmas Bully. Who will win in this fight? This squeeard brawl? I'm... It's a pretty tight match with Christmas Bully. I I put it as think... four. The new number four bumping out, uh, bumping out a uh, basic rocket science from the top five, which is a great epi. Great epi. That's a but, strong. You know. That's a strong top five if you're bumping out basic rocket epi. Well, yeah, we're at the we're at the point where saying in top five is gonna be Neology. real fucking tricky. And yet, I think we're gonna talk about the top five almost every single episode going forward. It's it's so season, season two, two does it. They slaps are. beyond slaps beyond. Okay, it's gonna then, it's um, gonna take a lot to to dethrone for me. Surely tr- tr- <laughs> handing Jeff a brownie and saying, "I give these to my kids when we have to have a hard conversation." And then he goes, "Oh, okay." And then she goes, "Why do you hate me and God?" And he goes, "Man, my brownie ain't working." God, that line is so fucking good. We're getting Jeff ready for the fight. So yeah, good. Exceptional, exceptional shit. Okay. So next, uh aerodynamics of Gender. I think we're looking a little bit lower on the list. Not better than Abed Jesus, so we're out of the top ten. How do we fare against the first Halloween episode? I think this is not as good as the first Halloween episode. Which one is this? The gender? Yeah. Um. Yeah, aerodynamics of gender. Uh, intro to statistics. Is that the first Halloween? That's the first Halloween. Slater, and which one is English Abed, as a second Batman, language? Uh, that is where they find out Chang's credentials are fake. Oh, that's a very good episode. Mm-hmm. I would put it below is, that one. Yeah, this episode is not as good as that one. I would I would rank this one better than Psychology of Letting Go. All right, which one's Romantic Expressionism? That is Jeff and Britta manipulate Troy into thinking he likes <laughs> Annie, and they watch Kick Puncher. 
I have to I have to summarize this one almost every episode of a ranking because <laughs> you're always like, which one's romantic expressionism? It's I like never remember, episodes. but it's a great it's, one. It's tough. Yeah, just I in quotations, just slow that. In quotations after romantic expressionism, just put bing bong sing along. No, that's yep, that'll football. do it for me. That's football feminism in you. No, that's one. Oh, oh shit. Your Wait. team's Al Gore because your views are wrong. Is football feminism in you? <laughs> you're right. You're right. I just, I he says, doesn't he say to her in romantic expressionism that she wants a cut of the T-bone steak? He, he, she does. He does. He does. Okay, so that was my mistake. That's why I <laughs> mistake. Your, your mistake. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, Not as good as that one. About comparable quality of psychology of letting go. Also a weird Britta and Annie plotline in that episode. Wait, which one's psychology of letting go? Is that not Pierce's mom dying? And the oil oil fight, oil oil wrestling. So then I would put this one Shirley and Britta in a car with a transient that is a cannibalistic Christian. (laughs) That's that's season three. That's that's not in the car on the way to Pierce's. No, that's me. No, it's hashtag Annie's move. What is happening? I've lost control of my podcast. (laughs) I would put this. I would put this as the new seventeen. I think it's just below romantic expressionism and just below psychology of letting. uh, Just above psych of letting go. These terms I can agree to. Yes. 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 And I'm going to take full ownership of the name that Jace gave or whoever gave me. Daddy host. <laughs> My yeah. brain is fucking scrambled eggs right now because of dad being daddy host. <laughs> so forgive me. Quarantine is, is a bitch for parents. That is also how it's I like to refer to my own brain. It's a bitch for everybody, but people are thankful they are not parents right now. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Cannot <laughs> even imagine. 100%. Uh, all right. So let's, let's do these plugs and let's all of us go to bed and or play fire emblem whichever i should wear a gopro for like three days of watching my kid and then just (laughs) upload it in chunks and i would be a verified youtuber in days 100 percent, 100 percent. people would be be on my side all right sorry you start uh, raking in that ad money the only uh downside would be exploiting your child for profit on the internet uh that's the only (laughs) she's too young to know about it so who cares who's gonna tell her uh, six, so let's slip on into those plugs. Uh, whoever wants to go foist. Um, I will say that I do video game shit, which should be news to no one at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the stream stuff is going pretty good. We got our final, final, I say, but the fourth of our four-man group um affiliated on twitch this week which means that we can all make money from subscriptions and donations and all that stuff through twitch which is big Um, and we continue to keep playing new games and having fun and gathering people so if you want to watch us um go to nerdybits.com um and follow us you have links to our twitch and all that stuff there um outside of that there are some really genuinely great creators in the game industry that are putting out really really good stuff that are c- creators of color or in uh, minority groups, right? And uh, we should support them. So uh, I will give Kev a link if he wants to share it um, to some of those to some of those things because we're as Kev has already made clear, um, and as I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast has experienced in some way. Right now, it's a great time to get into some shit you didn't have time to get into, and why not spend that time getting into um, the creative work of 
black indigenous people of color just do it it's great yeah all of it say less yeah. do more you know yeah you can follow me specifically at lubwub l-u-b-w-u-b short and sweet like my wife oh <laughs> <That was> sweet <laughs> daddy host daddy host, yeah, daddy host. <laughs> all right uh, well, uh, you already know how I feel about uh, plugging myself, so uh, I'm not going to do it right now because uh, if you've caught it in the past, then that's good enough for me. I will plug a fantastic drag show that I happen to know some of the creators and organizers and hosts of called In Living Color. If you're into drag, I will tell you without any exaggeration whatsoever, it is the greatest drag show I've ever been to. And uh, they're coming back and they're doing a Zoom drag show on July 17th at 9 p.m. But go ahead and follow them on Instagram at InLivingColorBK. It's just a queer POC focused drag show um that just really let me see they, they got an amazing they've got drag kings drag queens drag things they've got you know, just like all all over the gamut of 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 drag performance and even sort of drag adjacent performance sometimes they've got go-go sometimes they've got burlesque it's a fantastic way to really consume some queer black art you know and uh do it up. It's a great time. It's a great show. Uh, I believe it's $10 suggested donation. Follow them on Instagram and uh, tune in on the 17th. I know I will because it's fucking awesome. Okay, that's my plug. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> loving it. Uh, so if I like love the sh- frat bro response to a drag show. I think that's... Oh, uh, for sure, dude. Let's do it up at the fucking Cha, drag dude. show, duh. Fuck oh, yeah, man. dude. Grab a Natty gonna... Light and fucking slam her down, dude. I'm going to take fucking Chaz and Travis and we're going down to the drag ball and we're going to have a fucking time, dude. Uh, Sick. All right. If you like uh, the show, you like the effort I put into editing this show, you like the idea of me putting on uh, plays and movies as I would like to do, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. That is the best place to do that. Um, So, you know, as little as $1 a month, I'll thought we'll do it up. Uh, sick. Uh, I draw a, a comic, comes out basically every weekday, called Patty Plague Doc. P-A-T-T-Y Plague Doc. Uh, it's so like, good. I'm, it's so good. Oh, thank you. I'm pretty proud of the work I'm doing over there. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think you might fucking enjoy it, dog. Like, if you just fucking checked it out. Um, so I think it's, like, worth your time. And it doesn't cost you anything. You can find it on Insta, Patty Plague Doc, Patty with two T's. Uh, or on my Twitter at TV's Kevin Lanigan. That is where Patty lives, my house. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's cool. And you know what? We're gonna do. I had some bad interactions on Twitter this week, so I'm gonna shout out some good interactions on Twitter this week. Uh, you know, we got a we got a great fan out there. Uh, her name's Elise Handle Princess Bilbo. She's been nothing but lovely, and I think all <laughs> of you should awesome fucking handle. <laughs> you all should fucking check them out. They're a cosplayer, and they like fucking anime and community like you do. So go fucking check out their shit. They've been a guest on our Modern Warfare episode. So like, just fucking. I want to shout out the good folks uh, that are out there doing the business, as opposed to the bad folks. Uh, that uh, like to tell me about their unwiped assholes on Twitter. I do not want to hear it. This is how you get blocked, son. Uh, so, cha. Um, 
Uh, I will now excuse that bro character from my mouth. Uh, we will be back yeah. next week. Uh, I'm just so a, proud of the com- level of commitment you had. It was thank incredible. You, thank you. And I committed until I didn't want to anymore. And now we have... Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're doing another one-off episode for an episode that fucking deserves it. Uh, next week is cooperative calligraphy, baby. Annie loses her pen. Wall-to-wall facial expressions. Oh, yeah. We're doing a bottle episode. We're uh, doing a bottle episode. But until then, we are the Greendale 3. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. Bing, bong. It's like when fucking Andy Bernard can't finish a song in the office because Pam does it for him and he's like but now it's unfinished and it's going to bug me all day it just every time (laughs) Jace does this I just it it brings me such immense joy to watch your face get like excited and then i wait for the moment where i realize that you're not paying attention anymore <laughs> he's watching and the then i go like yeah no so you're like out. oh it's just going we're going and then i go wait for it wait for it now <laughs> this is the fucking Fuck. opposite of a keg stand dog this is no good this is not natty light dude this oh, is good. natty dark wait <laughs> That's, that's why does that, that sound racist? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I said what? Natty Dark. Oh. Just, ugh. This has been a Talkback Podcast.